You're listening to the Burst Ball Podcast. Burst Ball, talking up the Scottish game. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Burst Ball Scottish Football Podcast. Episode number 113, we'll be taking a look back at the weekend's action in Scotland, previewing Celtic's European trip to Manchester tomorrow night, and just we'll talk about any other news that has cropped up over the past few days uh, within the game. Joining me in the studio, I have Hamish Carton. Hello. Good afternoon. Uh, Lewis Kemp. How you doing, Connor? I'm very well, thank you, and... Callum Scott Delighted to be here You sound it very much so Anyway we'll start I've had a lot of practice today Oh good good Well rehearsed this show uh, We start in the Premiership Saturday afternoon Or lunchtime might I say um, Motherwell versus Celtic at Fur Park What was the score Connor? Well I'm about to tell you it finished Motherwell 3 Celtic 4 um, Motherwell 2-0 up at the break in that game Listeners probably wondering what's going on here. Um, Connor has had about how many takes at this I mean, intro? This is, uh, well, it's the first take, and it's the third time we've really been into it. Hmm. So ho- hopefully, this is the one, but if you don't ever hear this, then it wasn't the one. But <laughs> may I add that I did have a very good 24 and a half minutes. Uh, v- very good. <laughs> well, the final radio I've ever heard. <laughs> well, noises squeaking everywhere. Hmm. The pattern was good, though. Anyway, um, back. Focus on the game. Motherwell 3, Celtic 4. As I say, Motherwell 2-0 up, then 3-2 up. They still squander the lead against the champions and champions-elect, might I add. Um, Hamish? I feel like it's about deja vu. It is. Did you believe the comeback <laughs> was on? No, Connor. I always thought Celtic would lose the game oh, that's um, a, when they were ahead. Oh, that's um, no, I Celtic at half time. I think I, I was I wasn't the only one who always felt if we got an early goal in that second half, um, that it would become a kind of onslaught against Motherwell. I've gone on record before um, as saying that I think it's probably the most I've ever seen a, a home team dominated. I mean, Motherwell was like just pushed back so far by Celtic. It was relentless in the second half, um, and they actually defended quite well in the second half and still lost four goals at home so I think that says quite a lot about about how good Celtic were in the second half it was the biggest game of two halves you'll ever see first half Celtic were sloppy but for as poor as Celtic were I thought Motherwell were fantastic um, the players I'd pick out I'd probably pick out Chris Cadden Scott McDonald and Louis Moe I think what we found out on Saturday is that to play against Celtic and to get success against Celtic you need to have an outball it's no use just defending well you need to do that first and foremost but then you need to have something in an attacking sense and I thought Chris Cadden, um, the amount of times he'd take the ball and he'd run 40, 50 yards up the park and take them up the park, I think that was vital for Mother in the first half. They didn't do that enough in the second half. And for me, that was one of the main reasons, along with Celtic obviously improving in the second half, uh, as to why Celtic came from, from 2-0 down to win the match. Well, Lewis, if you're a Celtic fan at Fur Park on Saturday afternoon... Um, I suppose you get all the adjectives in the world to use in the world to use it. Sorry, fight, character, spirit, hunger, desire, name the law. It's exactly what you want to see from your team. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean that's. I mean, if you ask uh, any Celtic fan, you know, would they rather win, you know, 
know, five mil or whatever would you would you, would you win an entertaining game? You probably would be probably would be like that the way it kind of occurred. Um, uh, yeah, like like Hamish, um, you know, half time, um, I was quite confident, but that's also not seeing the game, the, the full game actually. You know, only got to see the highlights, but at that time, um, went into the bookies half time, saw Celtic were three to one. Uh, put them on and uh, got some money back from that. So I, I was quite confident, even though I hadn't seen the game. Um, but yeah, again, I think you know credit to Motherwell for you know going to know up in the first place. You know, because um, I think you know we were looking at the or on the preview show. Um, you know, we gave them maybe what, what five five minutes or something. We just completely glossed over the the, the Celtic game because uh, we thought it was a pretty much a formality that uh, Celtic would get the result. Uh, and it was a lot more trickier than uh, than I think we all can anticipated. So uh, as much as um, you know, it, it's definitely pleasing that we that we got the result. I think Mullow definitely gave us a, a wee shock in the in the first half, and that'll probably put us in good stead going forward. Now, Callum, uh, of course, Motherwell can take plenty of positives. I'm sure they will. You know, to attack and get those goals against Celtic has to be commendable, but. No matter how you put it, you score three goals at home to the champions, and as I say, champions elect. Um, you must be absolutely <coughs> gutted to lose a game four three. Considering you know, as I say, if you score three goals at home against Celtic, you just have to see it out. Do you know? Yeah. Well, some people might think I'm coming across as negative here by saying that Motherwell fans will be raging and disappointed to lose the game, but having been through something similar myself, obviously when we were up 3-0 against Celtic half-time, end up drawing the game 3-0, um, thankfully we never lost it, but you know after that game I f you felt terrible because when you're in that position against either side of the old firm, you've got to see it out because you're, you're not going to get a better chance than to see a game out like that. Um, but in fairness to Motherwell, as Hamish touched upon, kind of one-sided in the second half but that was more to do with, with Celtic's pressure than Motherwell actually defending I think there's no doubt that they sat back a wee bit but I think when they're defending on the edge of the 18-yard box you've got to give Celtic a lot of credit for that it was just wave after wave of Celtic attack um, and let's say they severely lacked an out ball in the second half because guys like Moulton that were forced to come back and defend mm. Um but for me if I was a Motherwell fan I'd be very 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 disappointed but Bear in mind, this is a class act Celtic team. I mean, when I refer to the game I was at, the three game, that was a very poor Celtic team who ended up going on to do well. But this is just this is the best Celtic team I've seen for myself growing up. Maybe others will disagree with me. I think it's the best team, uh, and also the best team in Scotland yeah. for, for me watching football. And it just goes on with what I said earlier. I just don't think MD will ever get close to Celtic side just now. They're just so far ahead. And that can show. They, they don't turn that for 45 minutes and they blast it four goals in the second 45. Mm. I mean, you're not got any other team in the league that will do that. I think when you're you're talking about that Kilmarnock game, Kelly were perhaps to blame for that comeback for Celtic. You look at the goals, like the keeper was at fault for a yeah. few of them. Motherwell on, on Saturday, I don't know if you can actually blame them for any goals mm. they conceded. They were actually really good goals. In fact, every single goal in the game, all seven of them, um, were all really well worked goals, which I think is an interesting point to look at. I thought it was a, um, for obviously I'm, I'm not a neutral. From a neutral point of view, I thought it was a really good match, and it was I put up in the, the Twitter after the game. Um, just another televised game, seven goals, late drama, great atmosphere, great quality football as well as I say with the yep. goals, and just a fantastic match for for our, our showcase um, league, our best league. Um, just a great match to have in the telly. Yeah, absolutely, totally agree. Hmm. 
I, I thought I think Celtic what it sends out now to the rest of the, the league is a message it sends out that we're not going to be beaten um, very easily anyway uh, and I think I mean you saw the Motherwell players uh, in fact I don't even know if the, the TV picture showed them that they were all slumped on the on the the turf after the Rogic goal that made it 4-3 and it just it sends out a message I mean what happens the next time they play Celtic how do they go about trying to get a result against Celtic they've given their all at home 2-0 up at half time 3-2 up um, with 20 minutes to go and they still couldn't not even draw the game they still couldn't uh, not lose the game I mean you speak about you know that Celtic team and of course they will be scratching their heads as will probably every other manager in the Premiership to work out how do you break the deadlock how do you get that get, get points off this side um, look at league table already 8 points clear Celtic are 3 games in hand over Rangers in 2nd uh, so many positives, so many things swinging their way, Lewis. Um, is the next target to go the season unbeaten? Is it 100 points? What is the end game? Because the title, you could argue, is already wrapped up. Celtic need to have aspirations. Of course, it's game by game. It's winning the matches. But will, will there internally be that thought that let's go unbeaten? Let's get to 100 yeah. points? I don't know. What I do think, you think? I think privately, I think you'll be... You'll definitely be saying to those players, you know, we can we can go the full season unbeaten. Uh, publicly, I think he's came out and said, um, you know, he doesn't think it will happen. Mm. Um, but you know, again, it's just it's about setting targets. You know, if if you're a manager, um, you know, you, you need to motivate your players, and what better motivation than to say, you know, you have the chance to make history and become the the first team really that have you know ever went the season uh, unbeaten up, up here in Scotland. So um, yeah, big motivation and. Um, I don't think it will happen personally. I think it's, you know, um, you know, it could happen, but I, I, I think it's it's it's, it's, it's achievable. But um, I personally think um, there will be a game in there which will uh, drop the three points. Mm. Uh, certainly, I mean, if I'm Rogers, I'm I'm saying yeah, we can we we can definitely do this. I think Celtic will do it. I think the the game on Saturday uh, sends a message out to the players. Um, if we're honest about it, I think Celtic got out of jail. Um, for free on Saturday with the victory they got against Motherwell they were terrible um, in the first half and I think it sends out the message to the players especially away from home that you can't afford to be that sloppy that lacklustre um, for 45 full minutes and expect to go the whole season unbeaten you need to be on the top of your game every single match or at least at maybe 60-70% which is probably where Celtic have to play to beat the majority of teams in the league um, especially away from home as I say and I think uh, that will serve Celtic a massive reminder I think a uh, favourable run in until 2017, Rangers been the only top 5 team I think Celtic play um, before uh, Hogmanay um, or well, before 2017 and I think if Celtic are still unbeaten going into 2017 I think it will start to become a real a real thing because the league will be wrapped up it will start to become the driving factor and um, I, I, could, I could, not easily but I could, I could see Celtic doing it seriously Staying with Celtic, um, they're back in action on Tuesday evening. It's that battle of Britain, so to speak, against Manchester City down at the Etihad. I mean, I think there's a number of different ways you can look at this game, because Celtic already out of Europe. Um, but how did both managers go into it probably with slightly different feelings? How are they approaching this one? Is it going to be that full-bodied contest that... Everyone wants because the game at Celtic Park was great excitement, full of drama, great entertainment for for everybody that watched. To be fair, albeit um, 
Celtic put in a hell of a lot in that game. How how did how did both managers, how did both teams approach this? I'll open it up to whoever wants to. I think um, the fact that Man City lost at the weekend means that I don't think they can afford to lose this. Even though I've, I'm still expecting them to put out a, a fairly weakened team, I think they'll still be uh, really motivated anyway to, to get the result against us. And then obviously, you know, he look, look back at the, the reverse fixture and I think they've still got a wee bit to prove there as well. They might feel a wee bit hard done by or whatever. Um, Celtic's point of view, um, it's... <laughs> I mean, again, nothing really to play for. Um, maybe just damage limitations, really, to be honest with you. I'm... I'm I mean, again, I suppose there's coefficient points and stuff, but um, uh, and as I mean, as achievable, you know, we could, you know, we could definitely um, get a result there, but um, I'm, I'd be pretty doubtful if uh, if that was where to come to fruition. I, I don't care. All right, okay. <laughs> I think we'll leave that there then with you. Um, we move back into domestic matters. Uh, Saturday afternoon, three o'clock kickoff at Ibrox Rangers two, Aberdeen one. Um, real, real big game for both these teams. Aberdeen, of course, losing the Betfred Cup final to Celtic. Um, Rangers talk of Mark Borman under a little bit of pressure. Something I think was echoed uh, when this game was previewed by yourselves. But a big, big, big win for Rangers, isn't it? Uh, Callum, we'll come to you, we've not heard it for you in a, in a while. Big one for Rangers, and <coughs> one that I think, or I believe, or, or I know, that you predicted. Yep, um, like I say, I think I was the only one to predict a Rangers victory. Um, like I say, they get they fairly get their boots stuck into them last week, but as I've said, I think they deserved that, the same way they deserve all the praise they're going to get today. Um, there was a lot of questions asked, as you touched upon, in Mark Warburton, David Weir's management of the club. Would they get a reaction? They did, which they deserve a lot of praise for, um, because we're questioning whether they had it, you know, because we would know for a fact if it was a Walter Smith team or that, they would come right out of the traps. Rangers done that on Saturday. Uh, disappointed with Aberdeen, though. Well, with the same way I'm actually disappointed maybe the wrong words, because I could I could see them coming. I think that maybe Aberdeen need need a put into them here as well, because, I mean, they're not going to get a better chance to beat Rangers, um, especially in this ridiculous record favourite is it 1991 so like for them to go there but they, they've created a few chances um, but I think Aberdeen fans will be kicking themselves and I think their supporters deserved a, a better display than what uh, McKenna served up for them but a lot of that's down to Rangers who played who played very well and it's a massive statement as well for them to come out after after the way they played last Wednesday so it was massive for Rangers to come out and get a reaction like they did I think Rangers just looked like they wanted it more than Aberdeen for the second half from what I saw, I turned it on about um, just after Rangers scored, so about 55-60 minute mark, and I thought Rangers were brilliant, they were really good, moving the ball about well, really looked like they had their kind of mojo back that they had last season, it looked like the players had finally um, reacted to the, the kind of the criticism that they've come under from from everyone, really, their own fans, the media, even their manager at some points. Um, it finally looked like they reacted, and I think you'll see Rangers kick on now. Um, the fact Rangers are, are sitting in second place at the moment, two points clear. I know Aberdeen can go ahead of them with the, the games in hand, um, but I, I think Rangers, um, now, we haven't seen nearly the best of them, and I think they'll make second place their own now. That's where Rangers want to be. That has to be the target, Lewis. Um, and the challenge now... Is staying there. I'm sure Hearts and Aberdeen will have other thoughts on that. But 
you know, they've put themselves in that position to their credit. Um, and I actually look at it, I'm sitting here on the table in front of me, they have actually only lost two games in the league in the past ten. Um, they're not out of form, so to speak, but they just were not firing on all cylinders. But could that be a turning point? Yeah, I think it could be, yeah. I mean, I think we kind of rightly bashed them almost in the last podcast. Um, and I think, you know, we, we, we kind of bashed them just because they, you know, they failed to beat or the results against you know the top teams in the league has been pretty lacklustre this year. Whereas I think you know, um, this is probably the first time or the first kind of sign, signs that um, you know Rangers can compete uh, with these teams that are around them. Um, in terms of Aberdeen, uh, I mean I think I think I think they gave Rangers way too much respect. I think they they didn't um, start running, did they? No, no. I mean I, I mean Baffling. I mean they sat Baffling. they sat back um, and. I think you know if you're gonna get if you're gonna beat Rangers, you need to get at them, you know, uh, and they, they didn't do that at all. Um, and it's another away game, a big away game for Aberdeen that they've failed to uh, to pick up any points. And you know, mm. the record against Celtic at Celtic Park is really poor. Um, but the record, I think, this season against kind of bigger teams in the league, mm. you know, obviously drew against the Johnson earlier on in the season. Um, when they're not a Pataudry, um for whatever reason they struggle and I don't see any reason why that should be I think it's just because McInnes is tinkering with the team to be it, honest with you There was a point I made on last week's show about Rangers failing to show up for big games I think Aberdeen away from home is a massive goal I'd argue that the only big away result that they've had in the last three seasons was Hearts away last year Yeah, yeah three, 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 when when you, look, you look yeah. at the other they, they lost weekly to Celtic twice last season they've already lost um, to Celtic in two big games in Glasgow this season um, they've lost to Rangers at the weekend they lost to Hearts I say they beat Hearts at Tinkhouse they also lost twice to Hearts last yeah. season as well they've got so many times that they failed to show up and I think for me um, Aberdeen have gone as far as they can under Derek McInnes um, it's a difficult one though because there is no chance that they will sack him he hasn't done anything that deserves a sacking but I sometimes wonder if to take the club to the next level they need to get a new manager in because I don't see them capable of, of getting second place I don't think they win enough big games for me though I mean yeah I completely agree with him what you say there but I think it's these you know the constant tinkering with the team yeah. um, that McInnes is doing in these games you know McGinn and Rooney didn't start the game I mean and these are you know, McGinn, argue, Rooney, Hayes, Madison should all be yep, in that, that, that starting lineup. That, no matter who you play first against four names well, Shushini as well I'd include in that the, the first kind of five names on the team sheet I'd say um, and you know I don't know. I, just, I think it's really criminal almost to be starting your game. You know, another away game when you when you saw against Celtic when you didn't start Rooney and that you know that it didn't go to plan, uh, and yet you persist with, with Stockway again. Uh, and I know obviously he had a really good chance, and if he puts that away, it's a completely different game. But still, fact is, he didn't get the result, and I think that um, um, yeah, it's there's, there's something. I mean, people need to pick up the fact that they're not winning these away games. I think that needs to be more kind of out there because I don't think they're getting enough criticism for it. Well, I mean again and and counterbalance, you know, Rangers do get a lot of credit, you know, we 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 had a go at them uh, before and they 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 made us eat our words, so to speak. So yeah. That's three losses and five now for Aberdeen, puts them in fourth spot behind Hearts and Rangers, albeit two games in hand on those two um in the league. On to our next game in the Premiership. We'll go. Well, we'll, we'll bring you into the, the play here, Cal. A magnificent uh, victory for Kilmarnock against a, a Dundee side who um, have been have been patchy late. It's probably one that you went into on a decent um, 
on YouTube. So, sorry, start that, but again, uh, I'm flushing all the <laughs> words here. Uh, both sides, Cal, weren't exactly going to this in the best of form. Um, couple of losses for Kilmarnock, albeit they were, they were against Rangers and Celtic. A draw with Hamilton in between those two. Uh, Dundee, sticky run themselves. Win the week before, though, against Inverness. Um, a pleasant 2-0 victory for you at home at Rugby Park. Yeah, uh, I think Dundee actually in okay form. People are kind of saying that that was kind of the new Dundee team and <laughs> that, but I, I was pretty confident that we would beat them. Uh, always was, I think. I think player for player were better than them. I think we're fitter, faster and stronger than them as well. And I think we've probably get more quality. Um, so I was always confident going into the game, uh, despite the price of Kilmarnock. Um, but when you look at it, I mean, it's the first game in absolute years, which is such a sad thing to say, that we've dominated a game from start to finish. Um, well, we, I know obviously we had the playoff game last year and that, but we had to turn up. But in terms of just a run-of-the-mill league game, it's the first time we've dominated a game from start to finish for as long as I can remember. Um, had 19 shots in goal, albeit I think there was only 8 or 9 in target, but still... Um, Great performances for Jordan Jones, Gary Dicker, uh, Bali, Tyson. All these guys were terrific. Stevie Smith as well. Back four was solid. I could have just about named every player on the team there, but it's true. Um, so uh, it was a welcome change, and not to keep dwelling in the past, but that was a big thing for me is that last season we wouldn't have got that. We would have maybe got a lucky win or whatever. That was always my biggest stress with Gary Locke in charge when we get good results, people would be like, oh, you must be chuffed, but I'm like, no, because we could have easily lost the game, whereas on Saturday, we were absolutely terrific, and because it had been that long, if we would dominate the game from start to finish, I was worried that we wouldn't get a second goal, and we did, and they totally deserved it, and it could have been a lot more, Mackenzie had a chance at 3-0, eh, 2-0, to make it 3, um, as well as various others, but no, it was an absolutely brilliant uh, afternoon for Kelly, but as I'm saying, it's a pretty sad sight how I'm getting so, so, uh, so excited over a 2-0 win over Dundee, but it just shows how long it's been for we've actually um, had a decent decent run of, well, decent 90 minutes all in, so I'm delighted for them, hopefully kick on and go to Pataudry on Tuesday and then um, mother away on Saturday. And I think though, as you say, it's, like, it's the manner in which, you've, uh, in which you won and you know, just judging it basically on the highlights alone, um, I noticed that Dundee looked really, really defensive, and that you know Kelly were almost all over them. And if you get the stats up as well, you know, nineteen shots to nine, eight shots on target, Kelly two for Dundee. So thirteen you know, corners to 13 one. Thirteen corners to one. Ah, so it's... yeah, I mean, it looks like Kamarak were you know well worthy of the win. Uh, and you know, for Dundee, I don't really know what to say. To be honest with you, it's just um, inconsistency, isn't it? It's the word yeah. that's it's kind of been used probably most about. Um, sorry about Paul Hartley's Dundee side and it's no real surprise I mean I wouldn't go over the top about Kilmarnock I think it's it's a really good victory and this week's probably one I know Kilmarnock play on Tuesday night um, yeah. but I, I think this is probably the, their moment to kind of enjoy where they, they are Kilmarnock I'm not saying that in a bad way like they're going to slump away to the relegation places next week but I think it's Kilmarnock's shot this week to look down on the rest whereas next <laughs> week it could be another team it's just it just depends I mean Inverness are the ones we'll come on to them this week that we're a wee bit well, we're quite worried about so it's just the bottom seven um, asked on, on Friday show or Thursday show if I thought it was a, a really big game I actually 
don't think it really is because I think there's so many of these games every week that it's for me it's just a three points and it's all about what both sides how they re- react to their various things next week and for the record I think uh, Kelly could get a result at Bitordry, um on Tuesday I think what was it 19 to 2 17, Aye, 17 to 2, to two uh. um, I think I think that's a, an amazing price um, considering the, the way Kilmarnock played on Saturday and the way Aberdeen are playing at the moment I mean you're very right I mean Kilmarnock of course now up to the top 6 but Three points in it between sixth place Kilmarnock and twelfth place Inverness, and conceivably Kilmarnock will be back bottom of the table by next Saturday <laughs> evening. It really is that tight, and suppose it's about if you're at that level and you're in that pack, it's about you know of course trying to achieve the best you can. And the way the season's shaping up, there's no reason why any of those teams could end up finishing the top six. Um, but a bit of perspective, I suppose it's another win. Um, and a good one at that for Kilmarnock. Um, do you want to come in there? Aye, now? sorry, I just wanted to say as well, kind of briefly touched on it. I think now you're starting to see, I know I said that a kind of Hearts game, but this has been more more recent and it's been a reflection of that, is that what Lee Clark's trying to do, the fitness levels, it's the fittest Kelly team I've seen in years. We've always been unfit, regardless of who the manager was, even when Shields was there. Uh, when Pat Wynan first came in, he said they couldn't believe the fitness levels of the players. have always been unfit. Guys ran for 90 minutes, like totally. I can't even remember. I can't even rem- he brought in uh, Frizzell, I think, in the Could last... He done a somersault and everything. <laughs> ah, exactly. But uh, I think he only brought in one sub. And I, even at that, I can't even remember that happening. You had Tyson running all game. You had the th- uh, the Koulibaly and Jones running all game. McKenzie running all game. They, they look so much fitter. And I'm hoping... That, 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 well, that's definitely got to go in our favour if we're fitter because in re- regards to player for player, I do think we're better than a lot of other teams in the league, um, and hopefully that brings a wee bit of consistency to us. But as we've said, I mean, no one's consistent, so we'll see what happens. But I just hope we go and make a good show in ourselves at Petardry because there's no doubt that Aberdeen are well incapable of absolutely hammering us, as we've already seen this season. But I just hope we go and compete because I think we do. We can cause them problems. Absolutely. Um, We'll move up to Ross County. It was 2-2 between... Ross County isn't a place. Well, we went up to Dingwall, where it finished. Ross County 2, Heart of Midlothian 2. Of course, managerless hearts. I think John Daly in temporary charge there. Um, and I suppose, really, after the, the, the highs of Wednesday evening where they defeated Rangers, albeit... Uh, a bit of an uncertain couple of days following that at Tynecastle, but will they be a wee bit disappointed going up to Ross County and only come back there with a point, or is it one of these ones you look and say, no, that's a good point? Well, the match comes down to one moment. If Jamie Walker scores that penalty, we're talking about another brilliant Hearts win. Yep. He doesn't, now we're, we're worrying about them. So I think it's it's you can sometimes read too much into the result. Um, I think when, when you look at the fight back they had considering they were behind um, Ross County have certainly picked up um, recently Johnson gets another goal for Hearts Patterson gets another goal for Hearts those are probably their two top scorers this season um, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't say it's too much of a, a kind of cur- curtail in their, their current form I think um, the big thing will be when um, Ian Cathro comes into Hearts to see how um, they get on underneath him straight away, whether, whether it's a, a rea- immediate reaction or whether they have to um, get used to his um, well-documented styles 
um, or his well document techniques and how he gets the best out of his players and how he coaches the players as opposed to what they might have had before. So I think that's the big thing about Hearts um, in terms of their second place ambitions is whether they get an immediate reaction under Ian Cathro or whether it takes some time. I mean, Lewis Ross County for themselves, is that a good point for them? I mean, they would probably, if you'd offered it beforehand, have said, uh, you know, a point at home at Hearts. Would have taken it, uh, but you know, to, to be in front um, in that game going into half time, I suppose there probably would be a little bit of belief that with Hearts on that kind of uncertain period between the managerial changes, that they maybe could have have, have, have got all three, but it goes back to the penalty, you know, they'll probably come away yeah. thinking, Oh, well, we'll definitely take a point. I think, especially um, that you know, Hearts had a game at midweek and you know, they. They were so good in that game, and they put so much e energy and effort into it that, you know, if you're Ross County, you're probably thinking we've got a chance to kind of nick something here. You know, as you said, the they don't have um, you know, the man. Well, Ian Cathro's not there yet. Um, it was John Daly who was in charge, so they're probably thinking, well, this is a good chance to do it before match. Um, but you know, as you said, yeah, um, I think the penalty was the deciding factor, and they'll be probably quite pleased with that. But I mean, you know, County against the, the bigger teams have actually performed fairly decently, I mm. think. I um, remember the game against us um, at Dingwall, uh, and you know, obviously there was some some late goals from us in that game. But I think you know, for the, for, for the, you know a large part of the, of the game, I think you know Ross County um, were probably the better team. Um, so you know, they've certainly not disgraced themselves against the, the better team, better teams in the league, and that can only help them confidence-wise going forward. Certainly, um, St Johnston, they were at home to. Inverness on Saturday afternoon, that Inverness team that I think we'll come on to as uh, starting to a little bit fearful for them. But focusing on St Johnston, I mean, they came into the game on a bit of a sticky run, two defeats and a draw. Um, they were well and truly back to their best on Saturday afternoon, 3 0 victory for them, Hamish. Yeah, I saw this one coming. I thought St Johnston. They're a better team than Inverness, I think that's pretty simple. Inverness are going in quite a bad run, it's four defeats in a row for them, I think. Yep. Um, and that is not the kind of run, stating the obvious, that you want to be on at this stage of the season. I uh, I think I think St Johnson are f the most nailed on team ever for fifth place. I think they're much better than sixth place and I think they're nowhere near as good as fourth place. So I think St Johnson, you can write that position in for the end of the season already. I think it's going to be... Um, a very inconsistent season for them, but in the end they'll, they'll comfortably finish in the top six, they'll finish in fifth place. Inverness, again I wouldn't go overboard, I think um, they're bottom of the league now, but they could easily be they could easily be in seventh, eighth or ninth position um, by this time next week. So I, I think they've obviously they've lost those four games in a row, that's something not going right there, but I think he gets a reaction out of his players, he certainly did at the start of the season when they lost, I think maybe five in a row at the start of the season he got a real reaction from his players and I expect to see similar again I think he's the kind of manager that will get a reaction from his players um, and uh, I think Inverness will be floating up that table in no time I think they're the toughest bit for Inverness you know they, they, they had a tough run of fixtures you know they played Celtic well, well they uh, played Celtic Rangers, and Aber Aberdeen and St Johnson yeah. in the last five games is it or five or six uh, roughly um, right. not, not, not Rangers but uh, they played Hearts, they got a draw, then played Celtic, lost 3-0, played Aberdeen, lost 3-1, played Dundee, that's probably the one where they were looking that's to, to, say, to get yeah, back on form, and then obviously St Johnson. So it's a tough run of fixtures, but they need to, if they're going to do this, they need to make sure they get back on track, win the games against Partick, 
Motherwell, Hamilton and, and North County all come back round again. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe from the perspective that St Johnston at home have been, you know, quite dodgy this year, that maybe Inverness were thinking we could maybe pick something up. Mm. Um, wasn't to be, it was, you know, it was actually quite comfortable, I think, even though, you know, you look at the stats, Inverness had more possession, I thought 52%, I think, um, and it looked quite an, an even game going just by the by the stats there, 14, 14 shots for St Johnston to 11, so, um, uh, for Inverness. So, yeah, I, I think maybe... Not just getting beat by St Johnson, but you know the fact they get beat three 0 which is you know quite comfortable, I think. Um, and you know when you factor in that, um, you know St Johnson at home have been quite dodgy. Um, I think they'll be quite disappointed with that. But again, you know, yeah, we, we do talk about this all the time. Um, I'm not expecting Inverness to go down. You know, I'm pretty sure they'll they'll get themselves back up there eventually. Um, it just is the case that they've had a pretty tough run of fixtures. Um, but as you said, um, this probably won't help matters, I don't think. But there will be a reaction. I, I expect another reaction, I think. Yeah. The team sitting just above Inverness, Padraig Thistle, it's their final Premiership fixture of the weekend. They were on the road to New Douglas Park. Short trip for them to Hamilton. Uh, one each. Was this pretty nailed on as a draw? Uh, I think Ross Clark said it would certainly finish in a draw. It's nine of Hamilton's 15 games this season have been draws. Um it's a hard one because it's, it's a, it must be very, very frustrating for Martin Cannon. If they could have converted half of those draws into wins, then, you know, look just where they would be in the table. They'd be up there with St. Johnson anyway. I don't think it's just that, but it's the fact that they're going up, going ahead in these matches and, you know, they're, yeah. they're losing kind of... It's early goals, goals, isn't it? Yeah. It's early yeah. goals. A 3-1 up against Hearts with 10 minutes to go. Still don't win that game. Um... I think we said earlier on in the season, I'm still interested, I think they've won two games all season, Aki's and they've both been 1-0, so their wins come on those strange rare days when they seem to keep clean sheets, so keeping clean sheets is, think, is the key for Aki's. I think somebody's, uh, I don't know if it was Lewis was actually speaking to, I'm pretty sure it was, it brought it up, where somebody had done a kind of half-time table, Lewis has got it up and it's Lewis will talk you through it. Hamilton are second uh, in the league, uh, six points behind Celtic, uh, on 24 points, Celtic are on 30, uh, Hearts are on 23, Motherwell on 22, Aberdeen on 21, Rangers uh, on 19, so there you go. So Hamilton have Hamilton five more points and that's after 15 games than Rangers do, uh, if half-time scores were yeah. the way to go. Um that says a lot. It's, it's, and it and says they're, that they're, they're actually top of the half-time table at home as well. Mm. The top of the league they've only well. they've only been behind three times at half-time and they've been ahead six times <laughs> drawing the other six. So there is massive um, mental concerns in terms of Hamilton and the fact that they can't hold on to leads and I don't know how you get rid of that. How, how do you coach that? I, th- I think one of the main things for them is, well, certainly was at the start of the season, is that they... they I know it's stating obvious now because they're drawing these games, but they don't, they're not killing teams off because they're creating more than enough chances. I mean, against us, they should have been out of sight. We came back and win the second half 2-1. I think that was the, the theme for the first three or four games of the season for Hamilton, that they had more than enough chances to be out of sight and they're just not killing teams off. I think that obviously they've got quality on the side but I think they really need a striker who's got to score goals I think that's the main thing for mm. them for me because well it's absolutely and that's always been the case though like yeah, for a few years now yeah. almost like since um, was that uh, Anton Curiel <laughs> left that, that, that January that they've just you know not got that goal scorer but mm. yeah again like like half time at home you know they'd be unbeaten right now you know played eight games won five you know 
drawn three. If, if everything was uh, mm. finished at half time at home, so um, yeah, I think there is something to be said at the fact that they're they're you know chucking away leads, but I think you know chucking away leads at home as well. There's no shortage of players they could go out and get as a striker though. I mean, you look in the lower leagues, you take a gamble on a a, a League One player, someone like Greg Spence or or, um, someone like that, one of the Peterhead boys maybe, um, that would would score goals for you. And I just think um, these are the kind of players they need. I look at the front line, I know... um, What's his face scored at the weekend for them again? But he doesn't uh, duck all. But he doesn't. He's not going to score any more than um, than what six, seven goals this season, which isn't good enough. You need a player to score your goals. And I think you look at a lot of the teams around them. You look at Motherwell. I've got Malt. You look at Ross County. I've got Boys Kelly. I've got Kula Bali and Boyd to a certain extent. Even Partick Thistle. I've got a player like Doolan that will score goals. Um, I wonder if Hamilton are one of the teams who maybe don't have a goal scorer. Well, but they certainly for me don't have a goal scorer. They need someone in in January. That's a priority for them. You speak about that uh, Partick Thistle. It's yeah. It's not looking. Uh, it's a hard one for them because they seem to they dip in the peak. You know, they look at the last ten games. You know, they they had two back to back wins and then suddenly they have three straight defeats. It, it, they need to have a bit more consistency. Mm, yeah. Well, that goes for every team in the bottom seven, doesn't it? But Partick Thistle for me are, are the ones for some reason that I've. I've been least impressed by when I've seen them this season. Uh, I've seen them on a few occasions, and for me, they, they disappoint me whenever I see them. I think they've got a couple of standout players. I think um, Barton's a really good player. I think Abdul Osman is a solid player in the midfield, but there's too many players for me that, that go missing in games when they need them. They're kind of nice players. Players like um, Erskine and Lawless are nice players when it's all going well but for me they don't have enough grit about them when it's not going well and I, to be honest I mean I'm, I'm sticking to my prediction because it's a prediction I made and I said that Kelly would finish bottom I'll stick to it um, I think Partick Thistle uh, could could be really down there as well for me I think they're probably the one I'd be most worried about at the moment because I, I don't they've got Celtic on Friday how's that going to go I don't see them where that win's coming from to be honest Do you think I don't know if open this up to anybody who wants to answer, but it's so, so tight. Sixth place, 17 points. Bottom place, 12th place, 14 points. Do you think it will stay that way? Do you think it will see start to see gaps forming? Or do you think it will really be nipping tuck right to the end I of think, the season? I think we've talked about this um, a few times uh, this season, or just in general to each other. Um, I think January will define uh, that kind of seven kind of teams or whatever. Um, I think whoever I think somebody will, will, will recruit really well, and I think they'll go on a run. We you know, kind of saw that with, or, or I mean, could could even be you know changing manager or whatever. But you know, we saw that kind of with Motherwell last year, mm-hmm. where first half of the season they were pretty dreadful, and then they just you know got got a bit of form and got into the the top six. Um, so I think we'll see something similar this year. Um, a big thing as well is of course is you know squad depth because you know. A few injuries here and there for these teams, uh, for the kind of key players, and you know it could be curtains really. So um, yeah, I think just squad depth and recruiting well in January will will really foretell it. But I, I don't envisage there be there being you know seven teams or whatever come the end of the season. But I think there will be. I, you know, I don't think there'll be a queer candidate. I think there will be a, a few teams down there at the yeah. bottom. I'll be totally honest, and I, it's, I'm just repeating myself, but I couldn't call it. Every single team in that bottom seven have had someone probably uh, in the basketball panel saying that they're going to go down. When you look at it, I mean, Inverness people have been worried about are at the moment. Partick Thistle, I'm saying I'm worried for. 
Dundee, a lot of people think that they are going to be relegated by Dundee United, that kind of thing. Motherwell, a few weeks ago, were in real trouble. Hamilton is probably everyone's favourite to go down. Ross County are a team who struggled for, I think, about 12 games. They didn't get a win. Um, and Kilmarnock, again, people think will, will struggle uh, at some point in the season. So it's a real, real difficult one. And I, I don't think there's anyone actually anyone actually knows who's going to go down now I think if anyone thinks they know who's going down it's just a lottery it could be any of them to be honest it's very 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 early to start talking about things like this but I'll I'll just look at at those bottom kind of group of teams and do you think this could be one of the I think it always has happened before but do you think we could see a double relegation this year I I know it's very early to talk about it but I would certainly if it was Dungeon United or Hibs anyway that got to the playoff final Said that last year though. No, I know, jo- Johnny. Uh, Johnny's actually made this point to me. Um, he th- obviously last year, you know, there wasn't really a rest for you know Hibs and Falkirk. You know, they were just going to the end of the season pretty much. Whereas this year, you know, Dun United might have you know, they might have that place sewn up by the time it comes. So you know, you're only playing a few other day- games. Whereas you know, last year, you know, come on at you, they were going to be in that position. They knew they were going to be in the playoffs for quite a while, so they had time to prepare for it. Whereas, you know, this year it's going to be, it could be anyone really, and uh, they won't have time to prepare for that. They'll just be thrown straight into the deep end. Some are really in a way to what happened with Hibs that time that, you know, a team actually did go down uh, via the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I, I, I actually agree with you. I think uh, we could see two teams going down this year. Leave that chat for now. Plenty of that to come towards the end of the season. That was your Premiership roundup. Quick. Look at the scores again. Motherwell 3, Celtic 4, Hamilton 1, Paradisal 1, Kilmarnock 2, Dundee 0, Rangers 2, Aberdeen 1, Ross County 2, Hearts 2 and St Johnston 3, Inverness, Caledonian Thistle 0. We'll jump down into the Championship, go all the way back to last Friday night, Tanner Ice, and it finished Dundee United 1. Hibernian nil, uh, a great spectacle, great crowd, terrific atmosphere, um, and another live televised game, Hamish, what was not to like? Apparently a lot of the game was not to like from what I'm hearing, uh, I'd not seen the game at all, uh, but one of the replies to one of the tweets on Saturday after the, the Celtic game uh, about how good it was was you obviously didn't see the game last night night spelt N-I-T-E which is probably the most da thing there is to do isn't it but um, yeah or using you you yes you and night yeah. spelt with an E at the end um, yeah it was a, a big result for Dundee United an absolutely massive result for them it moves them um, leveling points cool. leveling points yeah. I would say top of the league the goal difference is still in uh, Hibernian's favour but for me it's a real psychological victory uh, for them after the game against Falkirk I got the feeling that it was a real good feeling at Dundee United there was real belief in the, the players I think uh, they're probably the team that is most happiest at the moment in that league uh, with, with their manager and with how everything's going at the moment I think they're fully behind Ray McKinnon and for me I, I've said it before I actually think Dundee United. I think Dundee United could win this league this season. I think it is definitely a two-horse race. I think even more, to be totally honest. But it's it's certainly not no chance of certainty that Hibs are going to win that league. I think it is is I'd put it about fifty-fifty at the moment. And Hibs will, of course, be kicking himself. Miss penalty saved by Cammy Bell. You need to give him credit for that. Another mm. penalty save for Cammy Bell may add on top of that. Um, but they will, will probably feel that. 
that they really. What, what did you mean there? Sorry, I was trying to work that out. Another penalty. Save. Well, he's spelled, of course, he saved the three against oh, the right. firm one. Okay, I, get you. Uh, I think he saved another Aye. penalty. Five, five, five now this mm. season. Penalty saves from one mm. goalkeeper. Um, Hibs will undoubtedly, with having that chance and a couple of chances in the game, feel unfortunate not to take a point. But uh, I think the, the thing that strikes me about Under United is when Hibs play badly, they tend to lose games. I'm not suggesting Dundee United played badly, but they seem to, if you look mm. at a lot of their fixtures, I'd love to know how many of them are 1-0 this season, because they seem to get results, they seem to grind mm. results. Um, and that's title winning form as and, well. And that, that is. Um, but Hibs, does you say psychologically, Hamish, I mean, Lewis, how, how much do you think this will impact on them going forward in the rest of the season? I think, I think you're right when you say psychologically it will have an effect. Um, I, I still I still fancy Hibs. Um, I, I'm not really sure why, to be honest with you. Maybe it's just because they're, they're the bigger team here, and I just think you know they, 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 there's no way they can spend another <laughs> another season in the in the championship. But um, if there's one team that would do that, though, it's going to be Hibs. it's going to be Hibs. Yeah, yeah, you're right. If there's one I team who will just never get out of the championship <laughs> ever again. True, it'd be Hibs or, or something. Uh, but no, I think yeah, I, I mean. I don't think both teams were great really I think we're kind of touching the game but um, yeah I think the United are definitely coming out of that thinking uh, you know we can we can actually win this title here and we can we can get promoted back up to the to the top league plenty of confidence around Tyler's at this moment in time um, look on Saturday start um, Queen of the South Still on that losing run, they of course have appointed Gary Naismith as their new manager. He was meant to be he signing off from his Fife tonight when they play Edinburgh City in the Cup, but that's now been postponed. So he'll be heading straight to Palmerston, straight into action tomorrow night um, when they take on St Mirren down, down in, in Dumfries. I mean, that though must be very concerning to go into a dressing room that has lost six straight matches. Hmm. Um, and I often, you know, I reflect on it as, as obviously an opposition fan of St. Martin, of Queen of South, sorry. You know, at the start of the season, the last time that I remember really talking about Queen of South, I'm talking about a team that's top of the league. They're now in sixth, they're only five points ahead of Fair One in the relegation playoff spot and on the run of six straight defeats. What does Gary Naismith need to do when he goes in there? It really needs to turn us around. <coughs> well, I suppose so. Obviously, they're in a well. Start some more against one. Obviously, and I just don't know what's got to happen. To be fair, because as you say, Queen of South looked un well, not unbeatable to start season. Cause I always felt they'd got to fall away, but they're in a great position. And they're starting to surprise everybody, and then now they're sunk right back down into the table. But to be honest, I couldn't pick who's got to win the game tomorrow night between uh, St Martin and Queen of South because, like I say, they're. Well, I can't see a win coming for any. I'm, I'm going to say Queen of the South because we had really? a similar, uh, yeah, had a similar kind of situation uh, with St Mirren and the Barton kind of uh, earlier on in the season, where uh, the Barton I don't think has won an away game since 2015, and uh, the Barton ended up winning the game. So mm. uh, yeah, I mean, can I just point out uh, me and Hamish actually correctly predicted this result. I was a, the first ever Hammy's hot shot landing. Uh, a proud moment for for my good name, but. Uh, I mean, it was four to one. We both called it. Yeah. 
in the studio beforehand. Like as well. No real surprise. Um, and free money. <laughs> lock of the century. Um, but Queen of the South are in, in a bit of trouble here. I know you were looking in the forums last week and they were tipping themselves to be playing in League One next year. But I, I wouldn't write that off. There's a long way in the season to go. You've got to remember we are only 14 games out of 36. There's a, a lot of lot of football still to be played. And if Queen of the South don't start to, to put it together, I mean, I think Gary Naismith will get a reaction. I think he's that kind of manager that he demands a lot from his players and he, he gets respect from his players. The job he did at East Fife. I think uh, definitely makes him deserving of the opportunity to move up a league again. Um, I even wondered if he might be, and I know he was looked at originally for the Hearts job, I wondered if he might be a, a proper candidate to, to be the next manager at Hearts. But yeah, f- for me, Queen of the South need a victory soon or it starts to turn into a real relegation battle for them. I think they've just got to take a pause at the moment, look at the table. Um, they are only five points off of the, the playoffs at the moment. After, uh, as I say, 14 games, I think take a pause and start sorting yourself out and get victories. But I think they'll lose to St Mirren uh, on Tuesday night. Absolutely. I mean, I think I don't like brandishing the term, you know, one man team and all that sort of stuff. I don't think it's fair on the players. But interestingly, and I mentioned it to the other guys yesterday, just a wee stat for yourselves. Um, you know, last time Queen of the South won a game, 17th September, Stephen Dobby scores. Uh, and even more probably worrying that he needs to get the whole team playing and the strikers, the rest of them firing all, on all cylinders, um, that couldn't have only won one game all season in all competitions, including the Cups, where Stephen Doby hasn't actually scored. Who was that against, out of interest? It was against Unfermline. It was a 1-0 victory. Um, again, you can read things into that itself. Exactly. So no worrying times for him, but I'm sure he'll go in and get a reaction. His first game mm. comes against Falkirk on Saturday at Falkirk Stadium, who defeated St Mirren 3-1. St Mirren had the lead in that game. Um, Lewis Morgan, another one of the young talents that, that's doing very, very well for the buddies these days. Um, fired in front, great strike from the edge of the box. Were you scared? Mo- was I scared? Yeah. Well, do you know what? See, to be fair, St Mirren, they played, they'd played well. Mm. Um, and... I think they would have had just enough in the end, but the moment of madness from Jack Beard, obviously, um, he's been showing a straight-eyed car for violent conduct uh, after a tussle with Lee Miller, uh, and, and Falkirk turned around. Big, big thing for me, though, was more so the red card, Falkirk getting the equaliser just two minutes into the second half, and I think from there on, I was much more confident about how the game would go about. But, you know, a lot of people said, you know, as, as a Falkirk supporter, who do you want to win? On, on Friday and a lot of people assumed the draw um, I don't actually think that you know Dundee United winning is, 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 is that bad um, but longer term I think you know as a club as a fan you know you're probably thinking you know, at least that's is now back in third which I think if you ask me to start a season where should you be it should be third in my opinion mm. um, so no, that was obviously pleasing but for St Mirren they, they can take confidence from that Lewis you're about to come in there sorry. yeah no, I was just about to say like maybe the only worry I'd have about Falkirk because it doesn't seem to be that same sort of momentum that there maybe was last year you maybe might have lost I know obviously you won at the weekend so you know it's hard to kind of criticise but I, I know what you mean there, there hasn't been we went on a started the season poorly went on a really good run uh, now that's us back to four games and beating two straight wins hmm. what I would say and it's interesting how you can take stats and you can twist them whatever way you like 
if I was to twist it very positively for Falkirk, what I would say is it's been a stop-start season. Um, we haven't really had a, a really consistent run yet, but we're still only six points off the top of the league. Now, that's me being very, very positive because there's no guarantee that you're going to go on that con a consistent run throughout the rest of the season. But if you were to try and spin it, you know, you could you could argue, and the question was asked at the weekend, you know, Surely you're thinking if you can get a run together, you're only you're not far away having had this inconsistent start to the season. You're not even halfway there yet. Uh, I think the next few games are vital. It's against Queen of the South and Barton and Dunfermline mm. before Hibernian and Box on Hugmanay. Um it's a key, key stage in the season I feel for Falkirk. Um if there is going to be any shout of being right in there and repeating the feet last season and getting second or I'm not mentioning anything above that. Mm. Um but no, it's 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 a, a crucial stage of the season. Yeah, I mean, we were Falkirk. I think will come into their own. I think they'll they'll start to to put um, a, a running running one together. Uh, I got that impression after the game against Hibernian that there was a, a feeling that that was the turning point in Falkirk season. Things would would move on from that point. I think uh, probably touching St Man would be a, a good thing to do as well. They are still bottom of the league. They do still have four points. Um, um, after Dunfermline's point at the weekend, um, or or more so, sorry, Dumbarton's victory at the weekend, it's now nine points uh, that St Mirren are off of ninth place Dunfermline and ten um, off complete safety in Dumbarton in eighth place. We were were up at St Mirren Park. Me and Kelly Galway's just departed us actually. Uh, we're up at the Paisley Twenty Twenty One Stadium earlier on today, chatting with the chief executive. Um, Tony Fitzpatrick. Tony Fitzpatrick. Um, I couldn't remember his first name when it was Fitzpatrick. I wanted to say Mark Fitzpatrick, the former Motherwell player, but Tony Fitzpatrick. Um, and he is, as you would expect, very much behind um, Jack Ross at St Mirren. He he believes, um, as, as you would expect, of course, that Jack, Ro Jack Ross is a top manager. Jack Ross will show that he's a top manager in time, given time at St Mirren. Jack Ross will be given backing. Um, during the January transfer window to, to get it right at St Mirren but he thinks that he's seen real improvements in the squad that Ross has inherited at St Mirren that they've been very good in recent weeks, they're playing well, they're just not quite picking up um, the, the rewards for the way they're playing. It is six league defeats in the row, there is no other real way to, to kind of paint it basically they need to get a victory as I've said I think it will come on Tuesday I did still get calm vibes at St Man. I didn't get a club that's going to do something crazy and, and get rid of Jack Ross at well, any point. I, I give you two points. The first one, I thought the supporters on Saturday were, for the most part, magnificent. Yeah. Um, they were very much behind the team, noisy. Um, albeit, it's hard when you you know you when you go three one down. That's when that was the moment that killed it really. Um, but up until that point, they continued to give the team very very good back and and you saw that at the end of the game. The players appreciated the fans' efforts. The fans appreciated the players' efforts. If St Mirren can take those first, I think it was 37 minutes that Jack Beard got sent off, if they can convert that into a 90 minute performance, or if they even continue to start games like that and and keep it at a decent enough consistency level, level throughout, I don't see that being a team that's going to get relegated. However, if that gap does continue to widen, there does have to become a point where um, it is insurmountable. But I think certainly with nine points, I think there is easily, and this isn't disrespectful to them, Barton and Fairmont, if it clicks for St Mirren, I think there's easily going to be three games that they can beat. 
they they can win that Dumbarton and Dunfermline won't. Um, yeah, but they need that. to win those games. So. Well, it's all well and good saying that they're playing well. They need to get points on the board. Yeah. And they need to start doing it really soon because it's getting to the stage now. It's kind of almost last chance saloon very early on in the season. They've got four points. <laughs> That's abysmal. It's absolutely abysmal. And they, they need a victory. And it for me, it doesn't come... If you're picking a team you want to play at the moment in the whole league, it's Queen of the South right now. They need to win, I think, on Tuesday night. They need that first win. And I think they will. Absolutely. It's, it's like you can't argue any of that. And I don't think um, any Sibirin fan would try. I think it's strange because look at a lot of them, a lot of the forums and things. They are totally accepting of where they are. There's a belief, but there's only so long that belief can go on. Um, in the Championship final game, Dunfermline won Air 1. That was very important, I think, for both those teams. But it was a, a story of missed penalties. Callum Higginbotham missing two in the final few minutes. Um, which would have given Dunfermline a massive victory and compounded even more misery on St Mirren um, that we talk about there but Ayr remain a good bit um, well a wee bit of a gap sorry on Dunfermline three points ahead of them uh, the other championship fixture was postponed between Nathan Rovers and Morton and that is because Morton were in Scottish Cup action where they defeated B6-0 6-0 well I don't think I mean, of course, the scoreline deserves a bit of credit, mm. but I don't think a Morton victory came as any sort of shock. It's just the ludicrous predictions from some people on, on Thursday and Friday Name saying that, that Beath, I mean, Ross Clark, Beath would beat them. Um, do you see a draw? No, I said a... No, you did, sorry, you said a big win. <laughs> um, I think Callum Scott maybe said a draw as well. Um, ludicrous, absolutely. I mean, those guys do not have a clue when they're talking about that. There was no chance. That I think, Be- I think people way, 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 way letting their hearts rule their heads. In they, that they also, let's be honest, massively overestimate the juniors game when it comes to games against teams in the championship. Morton are, Morton are, Morton are, are a, a top, di- top yeah, championship they're, team. They're in a different world to, to be. I, I I couldn't believe it when when Ross actually thought that that Beath would would beat them no chance. Um, yeah, I, I'll quickly <laughs> I'll, idiot. I'll, quick, <laughs> I'll quickly skim through the other uh, Scottish Cup results where we're just on the topic for Martin Forest by four and Athletic no team of the week I think a game I uh, also said for Martin with one did you yes you did so terrific victory for for Martin there. Um, I think they did get our team of the week if I'm right in saying so have we looked now um, yes 34% of the vote Fort Martin Fort, Fort Martin, Fort Martin. <laughs> United terrific stuff for who, d- who do they play next round I'm not sure mm. I'm not sure <laughs> no oh well we'll move on um, Stenish Muir 3 Ford McCann is 1 that was a replay that's a big big kind of win for Stenish Muir they kind of needed that because it was expected but there was always a chance of a slip up there. St Mirren, uh, sorry, still Albion, um, two 0 professional victory against Wick. Um, as much as you can like East Kilbride last year's Scottish Cup kind of story. Two um, one defeat for them at Stranraer. The dream is over um, for them. But again, not really unexpected, mm-hmm. um, and nothing significant in that game. It covers that was your Scottish Cup roundup. Very very brief. Um, League One, Albion Rovers nil, Livingston one. I think it was a last minute 
won Ooh. the won the old worst ball Saturday cup. Did it? Two, a la- as well. Last minute goal for Livingston, last minute goal for Celtic, and your famous Bairns coming from one 0 down won the coupon. So that was another another victory for your Burstball fans. Good stuff. Don't say we're not um, nice to you. Peterhead, after we mini revival there, they go down four two to Airdrieans who are keeping up the chase on Livingston. I think Airdrie came out of nowhere. Really, they started the season fairly poorly. Mm. Um, I think a lot of I us always believed. I was going to say, yeah. I think you did always have that kind of thought. And But the point I would make is, probably rightly so, they are a full-time club. Like Livingston, the two full-time clubs in the division should be your top two. Um, yes and no. If you ask me. Because, uh, to, to coin a famous uh, phrase from yourself, um, because, yeah, they're a, a full-time team, but, you know, when you're you know, a full-time team at that level, you know, there is a limit to the kind of full-time players you can get, if you know what I mean. Like, um, it's not going to be the pick of the bunch, it's going to be right at the bottom. And, you know, you're not going to get the best part-time players playing for you. you know, that, that's, that, that won't happen because, of course, you're not a part-time team. So, um, yes, there are obviously advantages to it. I think the fact that the training, um, you know, I don't know how many times, obviously it'll be more than, you know, twice a week or whatever it is. When, when sometimes they're less for some part-time teams. Um, so that will definitely help, I think. But, um yeah, uh, I think they deserve a wee bit of credit for turning things around because at one point it looked like they were, um, I mean, the thought of a title challenge was pretty much out the window at one point, I think. Mm. I think Peter Head are probably the, the biggest um, underperformers in yeah. all four leagues this season. We're expecting big things in this season. I think probably a couple of people actually had them tipped to win League One in the old day. Uh, I think Matt maybe as Did well. well um, he usually quite likes Peter Head. They have they have completely um, failed to show up. Um, I think not, they're not they're not even in a relegation battle, so you can't even have any fun with it. They're just boring. I, th- I think even the fact that like even just you look at the team and obviously the obviously it'll be like the obvious choices to pick out players would be McAllister or uh, or maybe even Wayne McIntosh or whatever. But they've got guys like Nicky Riley there, Simon mm. Ferry. You know, real good players, real good part-time players at that level. And um, you know, I think to be sitting seventh at the table is um, it's pretty well, poor to be honest. Well, with. All I would say that I've got no doubt that individually those four players could play in the championship. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's where it probably is most frustrating for them. Uh, other League One match Queen's Park 2 Breakin nil. Queen's Park now mm. undefeated in 4 3 wins out 5th place 4 and 5th place 4 points behind I did say Lo- Logan uh, was very um, very complimentary with their win against uh, Montrose in the Scottish Cup last week he said they were clinical and uh, I think we saw similar signs maybe that's why Logan wasn't in today so happy or he was on so a bit drunk. of a yes, still, still very drunk indeed with alcohol. Maybe he was partying with Webster the, the spider. <laughs> Webster the racist pig. <laughs> yeah, that's Queen of the South beating. Um, Queen of the South. Bre- I suppose Breakin. Look at them a wee bit. Yeah. I think the the downfall is on. I don't. The only thing I would say to cut Breakin some slack. No. Um, I'm going to say anyway. Is that uh, you know were they really expected to be right up there anyway? No, but if they put that sort of start in, you should probably look to maintain it. Uh, the Doddfather. The Doddfather, yes, indeed. Um, League two, I'm going to start with Edinburgh City. Um, I know another one 0 Well, not another one 0 win, but a one 0 win for them against our both. Our both were in the playoffs 
places at the top of the league. Um, and Edinburgh jump up in eighth now. But, of course, the bottom of that league is still very, very tight. But I think you know they do deserve a little bit of credit because that's a revival as such. I think that's three wins out of the last five. Undefeated in five. Undefeated, I think, in seven in all competitions. They just don't lose anymore. Which is good. Mm. Which is good. That's brilliant. It's nice to see. I say it again, the minute we took them under our wing, they haven't lost since then. Uh, is that a coincidence? Not at all. I don't believe in Quinton. We showed them love and they've answered the call. There you go. Cowdenbeath won, Clyde. I think Montrose announcing a new manager is probably decent news as well. Yes. (laughs) Stuart Petrie. Stuart Petrie, yes. In there. Um, Of course, they remain rooted to the bottom of the table. Um, And they went down 4 1 to Elgin City at the weekend, who five points behind Forfa. Probably a much needed win for Elgin actually. Yeah, three straight defeats in the league. He was making like he doesn't want to talk about this game, so we'll skip we'll skip on. Not at all. I'm happy to talk spoken. about the game. The master has spoken. Anyway, Cowden Beath won Clyde now. That's another disappointing um weekend for Barry Ferguson's Clyde and Lewis. Yes. You were indeed in place in the glorious seventeenth century. No, it was my first trip to Central Park and um, you know the staff were all very friendly and nice but uh, the stadium is probably the worst (laughs) by quite a distance Did you see a Mr Finlay? (laughs) I I actually did um, and uh, (laughs) it was quite bizarre as well because the um, I was uh, kind of hanging about with the press you know as you do (laughs) when you go to these places but um, you know, she, she went up and she she asked this person, uh, or, or do you know what the press is? And he turned around and it was, you know, Donald Findlay with a massive pipe. And I was thinking, <laughs> oh my God, you've just you've asked the wrong person there. But uh, no, I mean, other than the fact I couldn't see part of the pitch because there was a, a massive uh, big kind of box um, in the main stand uh, where I was sitting uh, on, on the bench that I was sitting. In. Um, no, it was. I mean, I thought it was a pretty, a pretty dreadful game really but um, I think you know I don't know I, I mean I mean Clyde are, are really struggling injury wise like they had like um, three outfield players on the bench it was, it was that bad so um, yeah uh, I mean I, I think everything was just down to the bare bones I mean Ferguson was uh, I think he was serving a, a one match ban uh, so he was in the stand and it was uh, like Bob Malcolm who was uh, tasked with um, with leading the team but uh yeah, it was just kind of stupid, kind of silly defensive mistake that cost them the goal. And uh, I think it's one, you know, you know, both teams not not all in it. I think one that really both teams it should have been a draw really, and I think Clyde would feel a wee bit hard done by. Yeah, well, that I think is all of your weekend's action rounded up. Now I'm about to get shot down here. I know I am, but I kind of feel like to see it. Predictions? Um, are we going to go through that or just? Skimming over that. Have you got those? I don't have them in front there? of me. Are the predictions yeah. done, Lewis? They're all done. They're all done. Tell you what, if you chat about something else, Connor, we will find you okay, the predictions. Yeah. Oh, well. Probably so for my sake, it's better not. Well, I, I'll tell you, I suppose. Um, you maybe talk I, about I was, the fiasco. Uh, yes, there was a bit of debate going on on um, Saturday when you entered your predictions in. Um, perhaps just before kick-off at the Celtic game. Now, I was under... No, no, it was no, not, no, it was 40 minutes. Well, 20 minutes before kick-offs. It was 20 well, minutes to three. 
Right, so, sorry, sorry, you didn't do the Celtic game. I didn't. You I just did the three out. o'clock games. I left out the Beath Morton game as well. Cool. I was under the impression that predictions had to be in before teams were announced. I was under this impression. Um, perhaps Why were that you under wasn't this impression. Because I always thought that's when you did predictions before the teams are announced is the time to predict I games. Because once you, the teams are announced, you get an advantage yeah. if you uh, if you know the teams. Yeah. I think so. So basically, um, I, I did all this. Advantage. Now I will present a story to you now, and Connor will be able to back this up from text from Friday. Um, the plan was, and I work. I have another job on um, on. I have another job. I work in a restaurant. I was working on Friday. Now there was a game on Friday night, so I planned on having. Um, all the predictions and the predictions were in from everyone bar Connor himself who had a busy day to quote him on Friday and um, my plan was and I hadn't sent I hadn't sent my predictions into the group chat where we we put all the predictions in my plan was I would have it in a nice wee table that I would then put and schedule the tweet for six o'clock to go out when I started my shift at five the tweet would go out at six o'clock my prediction would be on it everyone would be able to see it I then encountered trouble with my table and in the rush for work I completely forgot that I hadn't actually put in I even put on the backup games in the group chat that's why I did yeah. that so I feel slightly hard done by but I've only kind of got Connor to blame for my own uh, I see all the voids written next to my name it's quite, it is quite sad um, to be honest with yeah you. very sad indeed lots of voids next to my name um, the only one game that I got in Dundee United Hibs um, my prediction <laughs> didn't even get it a was point a stick for one um, so Disappointing in my way, but we have uh, established new rules. I believe the new rules are um, Lewis. Um, God right. Um, well, we need to get you need to get them in an hour before the first game of the weekend, or else all games are void. So I would have had no to arguments. put my six forty five six forty five on Friday yep. evening. I'm all glad them. this is cleared up for myself and the listeners. At so home. There you go, Lewis. And it will be the same this week as well. Um, obviously, Celtic playing Friday night. Yep. That the the prediction will have to win by six forty five on Friday night. Lewis, okay. I don't have these in front of me, so you need yeah. to talk us through. Um, the best score was one Kelly Cal. He get ten points. He get two correct scores. He correctly protected Hamilton, Party Thistle, one each, and Kamarnock Dundee two 0 to Kamarnock. Um, Matt got a correct result. He also predicted Hamilton, Party Thistle, one each, and so did yourself, Connor. You. Out of all those uh, games that you managed to pick. Uh, and myself, I correctly predicted uh, Dundee United won Hibs now. Um, so in the table at the moment, uh, Connor, you're still ahead. Uh, 110 points you have at the moment. Uh, second is uh, Connor. Uh, Hamish's point, and I don't know what he. Cal Scott is second. Cal Scott, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Cal, 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 Cal Scott is second with 98. Uh, and third is Johnny Clark with 96. Uh, fourth is myself with 94 points. Uh, fifth is Matthew Findlay with 92. Ross is in sixth with 91. And Hamish in seventh is yourself 86. And in dead last, 77. Still nine ahead of Callum Fisher. Is Callum Fisher. There is 40, yeah, no, 33 points between you and Callum Fisher. Although I have to admit, that was a poor weekend by my standards, so my, my, my lead's now been cut to 12 points. So uh, It's not been a great week for me, but it's it's hardly disastrous. I mean, I've got Johnny's the... Um, sorry, Callum, who's in second place, Callum Scott, it's only 12 ahead of me. That could be wiped out in two weeks. And there is, as I say, um, a long way to go this, this season. So I, I think there's still... Um, with the new rules, and hopefully a few of you will be caught out with that. Um, I certainly will never be caught out by this again. 
I don't. I, I, I personally don't think I'm going to finish top. I think I'm going to slip away as the season progresses. Mm. Get a fourth at a few few weeks. No, not deliberately, because I'm quite. I'm uh. quite. When it comes to things like this, I can be quite competitive, but I can sometimes be quite dozy. So that might cost me as well. Easy goals we don't have. No, that finished. That's yeah. finished. Yeah. We're, we're, still, we're still looking for... Um, Matt Findlay. Yeah, Matt Findlay won it, incredibly. Um, we're still looking for possible suggestions. Um, so tweet us if you want us to compete over something a week after week for weeks to come. Tweet us something we can compete over. I want to make... Well, it needs to be something ridiculous, like yeah. predicting corners or something. Oh, stupid. That's like a good that. shout. There's a hint. Predict something to do with corners or fouls or something like that and tweet it in and you could be our, our favourite um, favourite fan apart from Predict the snowman. what uh, kits everyone will wear mm. Mm. what players will mm. start mm. anyway um, I was given some points to say so I will say them questions um, do we have questions we do have, we have questions. questions yes we have questions would you like me to find the questions yes I'll find the questions Um so while I quickly search for these questions at a frantic pace from you, the lovely listeners at home, um, do, 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 here we go, here we go, do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. okay, Chris Logan asks, your thoughts on the change in Kilmarnock since the start of the season, how much do you think it is down to coaching? Well, I mean, I think earlier on we kind of touched on that in terms of the, the well Calm touched on it in terms of the, the team looking a lot more fitter than usual um, so yeah I, I think a lot of it is probably down to coaching I mean just having a guy like that I think he commands a lot of respect I can certainly imagine that the players will be would certainly be up for him what was that? Carry on Connor what was that strange? The noise? dead air is incredible in this room. Just, I was just a bit baffled by this strange noise. The next question is again Kilmarnock related. Russell Lambert, Crombie, are Kilmarnock and Lee Clark get enough credit for taking a bunch of <laughs> waifs and strays and turning them into a well-oiled unit, which seems to be fitter than most teams they come up against? Thirty-four-year-old Nathan Tyson. Yes, that is his name. name. I just got Tyson. I couldn't remember the first name, mm. but I'm correct. Point to me. Um, Outrunning Dundee in the 85th minute. Yeah, uh, I'll give Kilmarnock credit when they finish the league in sixth place. Tough Ooh. crowd. Yes, very. Uh, and the snowman, I don't quite. I, 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 I've didn't watch. Just read it. Or listen to Sports Round, so I will just. I know what he's been in. Who pissed in Fullerton's <laughs> coffee that he went on Sports Sound and made a a character assassination of Ian Cathro. This was like really interesting. But it was almost kind of baffling, really. Like why he was. I like, think I've heard a wee bit about this. Have you? You've not listened to it, though. No. Right. Well, do yourself a favour and listen to to Sports Sound. I think I it do was yourself the, a favour. I think it was the Thursday of the of the Friday. Mm. Friday. I, I'm not sure. Anyway, it was this past week that's been in. Yeah, he just completely lambasted him, saying you know. Uh, he, he won't be able to command the, the dressing room, and he's never coached anyone. Um, and like, yeah, it was absolutely baffling. I, I don't know why, what he's what he's got in it. I think he said he saw him before, and he was quite dour, and he was you know he wasn't a good, good personality, and he won't get the best at the players and stuff like that. So I don't know. Just yeah, give you know, the really guy strange. a chance. Give the only thing, I, the only thing I would say is in, on the matter is, and I really like Robbie Newson, but he was hardly Aye. the most energetic person himself. If that's the kind of route we're going down. 
Um, Since when did energy become a, a big, uh, a main criteria of a good manager? Managers are good when they based. win. Yeah, it's based on results. Ian Cathro, I mean, some of the stuff that's been said about him is absolutely ludicrous. Was, he's, a, he's a guy who's worked the, 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 at that, uh, Valencia and Newcastle. He, he said uh, that he was basically, he's, he's just been a stats guy and he doesn't actually work day to day with the players. He doesn't coach them or whatever. And, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have experience mm-hmm. with dealing with players. I, one, one. I even, though, even though a guy like Suter, you know, he was under him, he was coached under him when he was mm-hmm. uh, when when he was coached at United. So, you know, this idea that, you know, you won't be able to tell, you know, Don Kerry that, uh, oh, you've not been playing well, whatever, is just completely mm-hmm. ludicrous when you factor in that he's, you know, you know, he is so well-travelled and well-versed. I, I think the problem with it is that he was so, so highly praised by by a lot, a lot of people that I think some people have just decided that, well, yeah. you need to put a negative slant on this one. Um, give the guy a chance, I suppose. Um, the guy, um, the other guy that they've got in... Uh, as they are, so like fee. Yes, yeah. um, uh, this is terrible. Uh, I can't remember the boy's second name. My apologies. Austin um, McPhee, Austin McPhee uh, apparently was been looked at by the SFA as well. Yeah. So he is. So he, he is apparently very highly regarded. So he uh, apparently was a front runner for the performance director's job. Um, among other names, I think of Malcolm McKay and all that sort of thing, but he certainly had seemed to take the lead in that race. Um, and it seems Hearts have managed to take him from under the noses of the SFA. Um, interesting, but I think it comes down to, again, people like to have that hands on role. It's always something he enjoys. Um, and, you know, if he does go to Hearts, then good luck to the two of them. Um, I think that's about about us just a couple of things to mention um you can look online at burstballpodcast.net there's a new forum i believe being set up um hamish it's your kind of bag it's your baby if you like would you like to you're gonna say expand yeah it's very simple connor if you go on the burstballpodcast.net aka our website you'll get um, all your usual wee headings um, that all our articles are usually listed under. If you click on the forum one, uh, it will take you to a nice wee forum page. Now it's pretty basic. It's, it looks all right, but it's kind of it's not quite pine bovril yet. Um, but we're looking to get a bit of discussion going on. It was already. Um, I think three replies been said on the whole site, so you can get on that. You can create a wee account. There's a nice wee thing on the right hand side that lets you create an account on the Burst Boss site. And um, from that, you'll be able to go on the forum, get your opinions across, get saying what you want, um, as well as exploring some of the really good articles and online content that we've got on the site. So it's a it's a pretty decent place to be. I think the Burst Boss site at the moment. There you go. <laughs> what happened to your voice there? I know. Frosty the Snowman <laughs> um, And just finally Another request Get in touch with us On social media We are looking for The best games Since the turn Of the century It's top 12 Most memorable Most memorable Best games However you want to phrase it The plan is we'll do this On the 12 days of Christmas Which isn't The 12th to the 24th But we're going to do it Those days um, So the plan is That from a week today We will start Listing the 12 greatest games since the turn of the century. Now, what are the games? We don't, for this, want a game you love for some kind of strange reason. We want the game that you can't forget. So if you're thinking how to answer this, and tweet us at Burst Ball Podcast, tweet us 
three games since the year 2000 that you simply can't forget, that will stay with you until the day you die. Tweet us them, and the planners will come up with a real um, list of them, we'll then start voting, uh, and we will we will work out the 12 most popular games, be it Scotland, be it your club team, um, since, since the year 2000, that hopefully uh, we'll, we'll then each... Uh, have uh, an article written on each game and we'll release them daily uh, in the lead up to Old Crimble. Ideal. Anyway, that has been a weekend review from the Burpaw Scottish Football Podcast. Thank you to Hamish, Lewis and Callum, briefly, for joining us in the studio. Um, we'll see you again, or we'll hear from, or you'll hear from us again at the end of the week. It's probably quite fitting that you've up the end because it's been like that all day I'm not going to lie mate I know. just end it ok cheerio